Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What is up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. How are you, sir? I'm good. We're back on Riverside. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, we haven't done an outside guest. Usually this is kind of reserved for our celebrity guests, and I would say today is no different. Absolutely right. And and I've always said the best way to get top-tier mainstream celebrity guests is to be related to them. <laughs> does not hurt. And I have none of those in my family, so I'm relying on you. <laughs> well, you know what? And we've talked uh, several times. Uh, you do have some cool members of your family, as do I. And uh, this is the first actual family member guest on Extreme Common Sense. So I'm I'm very, very excited about the show today. Well, tell us who our guest is. Okay. So my aunt is, uh, and, and I'm going to stutter and stumble through all this, but I will, I will let her um, really get into what she does. She'll say, nice try, but these are all the actual things I'm doing. But she's got a, she's a vegan, and she's got a long history um, in working towards making the country you know, less meat-inducive, for a word that I just made up for the sake of that. Or dependent. Dependent probably is a, is a real word. And I like to use those whenever possible. Um, she's got got an MD from the university of Illinois or PhD from the university of Chicago. Uh, for the last decade, she's been the vice president of nutrition, uh, and health at, and food safety, nutrition, health, and food safety at impossible foods. And I think most folks have probably at this point heard of either impossible or beyond or a combination. Uh, You probably can't go anywhere that sells some kind of, uh, burger without having that as one of the options. And so she is one of the brains behind a lot of what was going on there. So uh, without further ado, we can bring her on and say hi. Ladies and gentlemen, my Aunt Sue. Hello. How's it going? Hello, Sue. Hi, Ray. Hi, Triz. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. How are you? Yeah. And I think we were going to have you on previously, but I know, and and with your previous job, they did the smart thing in which is what anybody should do and say, nobody (laughs) needs to go on extreme common sense with Tristan and Ray. (laughs) Well, it's true. They, (laughs) but now in my own, I'm, I'm I'm making this poor choice on my own. So here we go. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) No one to blame. Uh, well, thank yeah, you so great. much for doing the show. It's it, yeah. So great to have you on. So tell us a little bit about your your I guess you could say life mission, or certainly one of the things you've worked towards, uh, which is uh, stopping animal death for for food. I would say. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so I think that uh, something that a lot of people, you know, still don't realize and has taken 
even international organizations like the UN um, and climate change groups to realize is that animal agriculture has a huge impact on our climate. And um, I've been interested in animal welfare for a very long time personally, but I wasn't as cognizant of the of the huge impact that uh, animal agriculture has on global warming and the diversity of wildlife uh, on our planet. And so uh, for me, there are many reasons that you know, it'd be great if people reduce the amount of animals they consumed in their diets, personal health, planetary health, public health, and animal welfare. But what I've been doing in the last uh, 10 years was working for Impossible Foods and working to create delicious uh, plant-based alternatives to animal meats so that people who love the taste of meat would have uh, a good option it would be less challenging to give up something they love if there's something delicious to replace it that has the same amount of uh, good nutrients that they're used to getting and and tastes great. So so that that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. I'm no longer at Impossible Foods, but these are all still important missions to me. Yeah, and, and I would say this as somebody that certainly grew up, uh, you know, carnivorous or certainly omnivorous you know when you and being in the bible belt here in central kentucky you know there it's not as easy probably to miss meat as it would be growing up in in california or maybe on 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 a coast but i will say this is somebody who's certainly been raised with that lifestyle um certainly with what you guys have been doing or had been doing at impossible and even the beyond i've been very pleasantly surprised with most of the plant-based options and uh you know even as meat eaters it's a very easy way you know if you're like me and you just think you know what i'm used to meat we a lot of us are but it is really horrible when you when you kind of know what's going on and i think more you can give up the better it really is a good option honestly yeah yeah definitely and i think you know i think the most anyone can ask is that um, that people try to understand um, the issues so they can make intelligent decisions. I think uh, understanding what are the causes of uh, climate change, why we have a loss of species. We've lost over 50% of, this, of the species on the planet in the last 50 years. It's, it's terrible. And th- a lot of this has to do with deforestation to create land for grazing cows. So there's so many, there's, it's so complicated and so tied in to many aspects of life that, um, you know, it's a lot to take in, but I think education awareness is really key. And then taking little steps, you know, people can just make a little, little, just, just try uh, little by little to, um, understand that their diet, I think most people know that their diet affects their health, right? Um, and, and that's why people are always going on certain kinds of diets and people, there's a lot of diseases that are uh, greatly related to and affected by diet, like diabetes and heart disease, for example. So people under, I think people are aware of that, but I don't think they make the connection with what's happening to the planet. So I, I think the more people know and understand, the more they can get motivated to make a change. And the changes can be very small and gradual. And uh, as you suggested that, you know, if you're in the mood for a delicious hamburger and that's what you crave, try one of the plant-based alternatives and see if it works for you. Um, You know, at least give it a try. And I think that, you know, that's one way. And the other is to, you know, just say, okay, well, I'm used to having 
uh, meat at every meal, but instead I'm going to try tofu or I'm going to try lentils and rice for a change and, you know, try, try exploring with, through cooking some different alternatives. Ray, you had yeah, a question? Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, I just, I was wondering too, if you could expand on the, um, you, you know, the animal cruelty, the, what, what we don't know about the farming, the chicken farms and the endless way that cattle are used, abused. And as Trisden said, we're here in, in, in the middle of, of cattle country. There's a lot of beef raised in Kentucky. And I, I don't know that the farmers give much thought to it. They've probably been doing it for generations, but I know that's a real issue, right? It's just the way that animals are uh, come to the table we never think about, do we? Right. I think it's very hard to think about it because um, the more you know, the more it's so heartbreaking and um, I can give you some examples, but I think, you know, there's, there's one thing that there's a slogan, uh, you know, that I think really can hit home with a lot of people. And that's why are some animals pets and others food? We make these distinctions kind of arbitrarily. There are countries where people eat dogs and horses and cats. Um, there are countries where cows are sacred. But we, you know, here dogs and, and, and cats and, and horses, for the most part, are treated like pets or parts of the family and are, are, are loved and people get to know their individual personalities and character. But, uh, you know, if you've ever uh, encountered an animal that was raised, uh, like a farm animal that was actually raised as a pet, you can also see that they have, uh, they have a lot of personality and individuality and they love living as about as much as we do. I mean, their lives have meaning. They have families. They have rituals. They have communication. I think that um, the way animals are treated in factory farming is that um, their lives are just focused on growing them really quickly to make them as heavy as possible to, to the point where most chickens can't even support their weight. Um and let's take chicken farming, for example. Most chickens are crammed into little cages in these closed barns. The ammonia levels from their, you know, their urine and, uh, is so high that it scorches their lungs. They need to be on antibiotics to prevent constant infection. They spend their short lives in these little cages, you know, and then they're, they're, they're slaughtered. And, um, hmm. You know, male male chicks are just kind of thrown into a grinder. I mean, they're not even given a chance. Uh, cows, uh, baby cows, are taken away from their mothers, um, the who who become dairy cows, and the babies. You know, they you know if you video it, they're crying for their moms, and the moms are crying for their babies. And because of this, baby cows are fed antibiotics to prevent pneumonia at that phase because the stress of being taken from their mom is so great. They're prone mm -hmm. to pneumonia. They're also, um, you know, they're just fed like diet, you know, huge amounts of food to fatten them up very quickly. So yeah. uh, cows that are beef cows are also um, around the time that they're getting ready to be sent off to a uh, slaughterhouses because they've reached their maximum weight are really prone to getting abscesses in their liver. So they're also fed antibiotics to prevent that from happening. And that, and that leads to a whole slew of other problems that concern me a lot, which is we have a problem with antibiotic resistant bacteria um, that are very hard to treat uh, affecting humans. And we have a lot of uh, also bacteria that get into our food system 
through animals and, um, you know, cause foodborne illness and a lot of loss of life um, from it. So, so there's so many ramifications just of the way animals are raised, not just the cruelty toward the animal, but just, um, you know, when animals are slaughtered, there's lots of slaughterhouse contaminants that get into the meat. So it's very typically very unclean. And that's why, you know, it's critical to cook meat to a pretty, pretty decent temperature to ensure right. you're not going to get a foodborne illness. But, but I mean, the, the bugs are there. Um, there was just a consumer report study that showed that about a third of all uh, ground chicken in the marketplace has uh, salmonella and salmonella oh, wow. is responsible for more foodborne deaths than any other bacteria in the wow. US. So, yeah, so it's, it's a huge problem. And I think that uh, it's almost overwhelming to think about. It's easier to just not think about it because it's, sure. yeah, it's almost too much. Well, and I think you raised such a good and point. And obviously you I can see I can go on and on and on. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's true. Well, that, that you touched on such an amazing point that I don't know that I thought much about, but I would think, you know, just talking about chickens and how badly they're sort of treated and just raised to be, you know, essentially almost unlivable, like the the meats that folks were getting probably 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, even if you're just a meat eater and you're going to be completely defensive about your meat, the products that you're getting nowadays are just on such a made on such a level just to be profit and you know with no concern whatsoever even for the quality of that that meat that what you would have been getting then would have been actual farm-raised animals you know actual family farms that now it has just become such a production right. that yeah i think that it's with the, you you had mentioned the um the hormones i think and the antibiotics that it it is untelling what that type of meat is going to do to us, uh, you know, long-term. I mean, I'm sure there's not any type of studies being done on that as to how that would affect a, an average person that eats meat versus somebody that would have ate meat long ago. Mm. Yeah. I think also long ago, people didn't eat as much meat. Meat was more right. of a, you know, especially. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the U S is especially um, meat crazed <laughs> compared to other countries too. Yeah. I, you know, I can speak of my own in-laws, Sue, who would have been, um, you know, of the Depression era age, probably born. My father-in-law passed away a couple years back. My mother-in-law will be 90 in July. So born in the 30s, right? And mm -hmm. they attained status. Uh, well, status was attained through eating beef. It really was like the, mm -hmm. they came through the depression, things were tough and now they went to work, made a few bucks. And it was like, boy, you put that steak down and you were, you were showing right. somebody it was sort of comparable to driving a Cadillac. Right. So mm -hmm. there was being yeah. sort of a, a, a status thing, if you will. And I think we're probably moving away from that, but um, if you would expand, cause I'm sure this is a passion for you to expand on the factory farming and the environment, because I think most people, really don't see that connection, right? I mean, the environment is, is crucial and all those factory farms add nothing, but they're, they just are a detriment, are they not? Yes. Um, well, one, one uh, statistics that, statistic that is especially shocking is that more than 45% of the earth's land surface is devoted to animal agriculture. And That's that, incredible. In, that wow. includes grazing the animals and raising the food specifically to feed those animals because they mm -hmm. go through a lot right. of soy and corn, right? Right. 
like most soy is produced for animals, probably more than I think more than ninety percent goes to animals, uh, even though it's a great protein wow. for humans. And if you want to contrast that, only less than one percent of the Earth's land surface is actually covered with buildings, streets, and is paved. So we're talking about this huge amount of earth devoted to, to raising animals for meat. Um, so that's, that's enormous. And they use, um, they use about 25% of the lands, the earth's fresh water goes to animals, uh, raising animals. Um, and aside from using all that land, they use a you know, quarter of the water and uh, water is going to become more and more dear as we go through uh, rising temperatures and, you know, Lake Mead drying up and all these major, um, right, waterways drying up. Um, and then there's the, the uh, greenhouse gas emissions caused by animals, which are a major contributor, um, the methane. And then also whenever a forest is cut down to create more land for grazing, then that gets rid of the trees, which are wonderful for converting CO2 into, into oxygen. So, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, really both of those vicious, things. a vicious circle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It yeah. is. So it's a huge impact and, and, you know, and things are really getting dire for us right now with climate. So, uh, and I think, I don't know if you've noticed in your area, like more extreme weather, but we sure have that here sure. Uh, in California. Yeah. And how do we go about you know, informing a lot of people and making that a real issue to folks who maybe, you know, Midwestern folks who don't see an extra tornado a year as a big deal, or how do you make that issue as real as for middle America as it is for folks on the coasts and, you know, places like Florida where uh, climate change is obviously extremely prevalent right now? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, people will wake up if, uh, you know, some of the Miami hotels have flooding in their first floor lobby, you know, in their lobbies. But, um, but before that happens, I think, um, you know, I, 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 one of the things that I think is a huge, it could have a huge impact is education of children. Teach children about climate, start with kindergarten, little by little, have that be part of the curriculum. Um, teach children to be critical thinkers, teach them how to, how to, you know, how to read for the truth, how to read primary sources, not to believe everything you see online or on TikTok. I think that has to, ha has to happen because uh, it's really hard to sort through the truth, right? Um, there's so much out there. And politicians, as we know these days, are not, um, are not uncomfortable lying. And, um, it's amazing how long it took for DeSantis to be charged. I mean, or maybe yeah, am I saying the right one? The for Trump, Trump, yeah. Oh, I was saying the congressman um, who oh, um, DeSantis, Santos, Santos. Santos. Right. George Santos, yes. Santos, yes. Santos. Yeah. Santos, yeah, not DeSantis. I was thinking of DeSantis could be next. That's He's in the news you. too. <laughs> yes, but yes, wrong, wrong, wrong politician. Uh, yeah, Santa. I mean, so you can get away with lying for a long time. You can get elected through lies. You can, and and anything can get can go up on uh, social media. Anything. There are no barriers. There's no. There's no. Right. Um, right. True. You know, if AI. No guardrails. Could, yeah. No guardrails. If AI could dis discern a lie from the truth, then that would be right. a great use because you could filter out things. But exactly. 
Well, it, it feels fascinating even that caring about the planet and the environment uh, became such a polarized issue because even going back to the late eighties and nineties, I mean, Reagan wasn't an anti climate person and nor was George Bush senior, but now it is sort of merged into this very, uh, not to make it a political conversation, but it has become sort of this right wing versus left wing issue that it tends to fall on the right wing saying, well, we just don't have any evidence. Well, every scientist and of course, folks on the left all kind of agree that this is a big deal. It is a it is a problem, and I think um, you know that. I think again that contributes to people not thinking for themselves. Even just having red states and blue states, I mean, why can't people decide who's the best candidate and not have have it all be down party lines? How you choose yeah. your your um, elected officials? So, um, yeah, I think that it's it, it it's it's certainly problematic when it becomes political. I'm sorry, but I was thinking as you were talking about the amount of resource that goes into feeding the animals that we eat, right? So so let's say that were eliminated and that crop, those crops were being raised for human consumption and the animals were taken out of that, the amount of resources, we always worry about dwindling resource, finite resources. My goodness, that would seem to free up infinite resource. Yeah, it would free up, I mean, it, just a fraction of what's used to feed animals could feed humans and give humans enough protein. Uh, um, so so that problem could be solved. There's a lot of high-quality protein plants, um, particularly soy, which I'm very fond of, but many others like quinoa and others that are, you know, yeah. just really great quality proteins. And, yes, a lot, 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 lot less land would be needed to grow those crops for people. And then the land that is currently being used to raise animals could be allowed to go back to its natural state. And that would, that would greatly help to reverse some of the effects of climate change. So if, if cattle grazing land could be reforested, it would also help all these uh, critters who have lost their, their homes, right. To, 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 restore the habitat, not just, not just the plants, but the insects and the animals and the birds. So this might be a slightly personal question, Sue, but give us an idea what a vegan uh, diet looks like. What, what, what do you consume in a day? You know, what will you make for dinner? Um, And let me add this aside. I remember after President Clinton had his heart issue, heart attack, I guess he went vegan and I read a Newsweek article and there was this there was this uh, a display of food, this smorgasbord of food that absolutely looked delicious. Um, and it was all all without meat. And, you know, he was a lover of meat. They used to make the jokes about mm-hmm. McDonald's burgers and so forth. But it looked wonderful. So what what does that diet look like? Because I, I think a lot of people just kind of blow it off and, oh, it's got to be awful. It all tastes like, you know, whatever, Brussels sprouts. Or, but, I mean, the right. meals are really wonderful, aren't they? Yes, yeah, so they can be. They they do take more effort, uh, especially making a nice dinner. Definitely, I think takes more effort than like uh, maybe grilling a meat and then adding a couple of sides, because usually the you know you're essentially putting together usually some kind of casserole or some kind of a more right. complicated dish. Um, so I mean, you know, for breakfast maybe I would ha- just for example, uh, and and I don't necessarily have the greatest diet, but um, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely all plant based, and um, and I try. So I might have some whole wheat toast with almond butter, for example, and right. a cup of coffee with soy milk. That might be how I start my day, and maybe a piece of fruit. 
lunch could be a salad. It could be, I could use maybe some uh, hummus and you can make falafel with hummus, for example, or uh, because hummus is, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's from chickpeas. It's rich in, it's rich in protein. It's also very low calorie. Um, so I might, uh, for dinner, make, uh, some kind of, uh, a stew or, a like a lentil soup and serve that with, um, you know, maybe have rice to complement the beans or have, uh, you know, a big, a big salad, different kinds of grilled vegetables. Uh, I, I, I rely a lot on, um, international cuisine uh, because there's a lot of good recipes. Like I make a lot of Indian food, a lot of Indian curries um, that are really delicious with lots of legumes and um, serve that on rice to really balance out the, um, the array of amino acids that you get for protein there. And um, you know, vegans have to watch certain things. They have to make sure they uh, take vitamin B12 supplements because B12 actually uh, is only is only made by uh, microbes. The reasons cat the reason cow meat has B12 is because they have bacteria in their rumen that creates uh, vitamin B12, and then they take that into their bodies and assimilate it into their tissue. So that's why there's vitamin B12 in animal meat. There is literally nothing, and I'm not just saying this, Sue, that you just uh, listed there that doesn't sound good. I mean, I've eaten all of it, and and it's um, I, I've become recently through my son a big avocado guy. And, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a the avocado toast in the morning. It's such a versatile food. You can eat it with mm-hmm. so many different things. And um, you know, I myself still do eat meat, but I, I you know, I'm getting older, and and I I see the benefit of it, and I think I could you know, with some work, um, and, and appreciate your honesty in saying that it does take a little bit of work, right? Yes, it is, it, it is unfortunately easy to drive through the darn fast food places that are everywhere. Right. And that's a, a lot of competition. Yes. And of course the fast food prices are really low, right? They so, are Sue. Yes. And that, yeah. And that, you know, and a lot of families, and that's another problem, you know, a lot of families can't afford, the cost Absolutely. of and aren't living where in place there are a lot of food deserts and it definitely discriminates against people of lower income and very hard to get the kind of fresh produce that I can get at the farmer's market down the block here, you yes. know, every week. So I feel like, you know, that it's, it's easy to say I have a lot of choice. I have the income to afford to buy the foods I want. Um, not everybody can. So, you That's know, fair. I think this is where the government has to, you know, take some action and make sure that people have access to good, nutritious, healthy food. Uh, I don't know if we've lost Tristan or not. I'm, I'm sorry if we have. Yeah. Um, I can hear you guys fine if you can hear me let, at all. Let me ask you this. Um, what about the food lobbies, be it be the beef industry, the dairy industry? I mean, when you're doing what you do, they have to be enormous, uh, uh, you know, just behemoths to battle with. Yeah, I, I think, I think so. I'm, I have not personally been involved in, in battling them, but I do think they are very powerful, very influential, very, um, wealthy, um, you know, putting out legislation, for example, to make it hard to call plant-based meat, meat to call, um, plant-based milk, milk, you know, just, Just, you know, all kinds of actions that make it harder for people to adapt uh, a plant-based diet. So, you know, or to, to 
it just to see it as an option or or an equivalent uh, choice. So yeah, they're very powerful, and I think that they've honestly done a lot to try to discredit um, the animal. Uh, sorry, to discredit plant based uh, meats uh, as being um, healthy products. Do you have any uh, notable celebrities in your corner? Surely there's got to be some folks that have, you know, that have sworn off meat and are pretty proud vegans. Well, I mean, I know, I know there are a lot, <laughs> there are a lot, um, you know, for example, Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, nice. I he's didn't realize. Vegan. Oh, you he's, know what? Now yes, he's a vegan. I, I actually saw him with his daughter, who I think has some culinary expertise, and they were making vegan meals on one of the talk shows at the S, mm-hmm. and he talked at length about his vegan life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he's he's a big name, someone That's that a good I name to have. <laughs> someone that I've adored since I was a young teenager. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then other, you know, there's a lot, of course, for a lot of people in Hollywood. But um, you know, someone that comes to mind who I think is trying to do a lot is is um, James Cameron and his wife Susie. Oh, yes. Amos. They right. they do a lot uh, for. They're very concerned about the planet and about, about and they're vegans. Um, um, and I've had the fortune of uh, having dinner with them a couple of times. So. Oh, very cool. I yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, he I, I love be... his movies. I think we yeah. are getting close to the end and, and Tristan okay. can wrap it up. But if for the fledgling vegan, what would your suggestion be? How would you start down that road in the smallest of ways? Ah, well, I think I would learn about um, what you need in terms of nutrition so that you don't develop a deficiency. So B12, I mentioned was one thing. The other is make sure you get iodine because you're not going to, if you give up seafood, then you want to have some other source of iodine. So iodized salt is, is the perfect solution, for example. Okay. Uh, those are the main nutrients. Um, others to watch would be iron and zinc. Um, and I think it's easy to get enough protein, but you, you might have to put a little more thought into it. So I would suggest that the fledgling vegan, um, <laughs> if they can join a, first of all, they should buy a good vegan cookbook, one with simple yes. recipes, there and they know. should use that. I mean, that's how I learned to cook uh, through cookbooks, um, sure. since you know, since they're not going to be handed down family recipes about you know that are vegan. That's they, right. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the cookbooks will tell you how to veganize a favorite rec- uh, re- recipe. So, for example, if you want to make something with eggs and you don't want to use eggs, you can use flax seeds ground up. It's a perfect egg replacer in a lot of recipes. Wow, very cool. So I think you need to learn about that. Take your time, um, you know, be intentional, be gradual. But I think cookbook is good. And then any online or local support support groups, yeah, or other vegan groups is a good idea too. No, that's a great idea. All right, Triz, are you there? We can't see you, but can we hear you? I, I don't know. Fingers crossed. See, I, so, I, I'm not I sure he told you me guys. he was there, but unfortunately, and I know gun. he feels bad because of the family relationship, but do you see much of him? He's a long way away. Oh, do I? Um, well, sometimes I have the pleasure of Zooming with him. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and we've gone, on, we've gone on a number of vacations together, which have been great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that's oh, been really nice. Time. Um, I, I adore Tristan. I think he's a fantastic person and, um, you know, I, I just find him to be so uh, intelligent and, and warm and he's funny. In, and yeah, he's, he he's, a, he's, he's a great person. He's yeah, a he great person. And, and I love spending time with him and, and Laura. So yeah, but I can show you, maybe I have this cute picture of me and Tristan when we were young. 
Can you see that? I can. That's fantastic. Yeah. He was, he was a super cute little boy, and I fell in love with him at first sight. So anyhow. That is great. Well, Sue, thank you so, so much. I'm sure we'll get you back on, and, and hopefully Tristan can figure out those few technical glitches. But it, it, in all seriousness, it was quite informative. And um, I, I think that recommendation of just educating yourself a bit, be it online or just as simple as a vegan cookbook, and um, because you really can eat deliciously. I'll tell you another thing. I've become a big fan. And I came to this show slowly because I thought, is this guy full of himself or is he all right? But Guy Fieri. <laughs> and he goes into diners, drive-ins, and dives. And he's going. he goes into these vegan places. And I think I think the woman was using, is it, help me out, is it uh, monk fruit or jackfruit, something like that? Oh, yeah, jack, jackfruit, yeah. Yeah, and she, kind of to your point about using flaxseed in place of eggs, she was using it to make like a shredded pork, and, and he said, I, I could not tell the difference. This is just, mm -hmm. it's amazing. So, you know, it's out there, right? It's, it's a, yes. It is a movement that is, is, is not going anywhere. Right, absolutely. It's growing. It's, I hope it's the beginning of a revolution that we're seeing. Yeah, exactly. And I wish you what yeah. luck with it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Can Can anybody hear me by chance? Sue, I think to tr I'm going to try and call him, but I think to his point. Um, so mine says 99% uploaded. So we're yours. Can you see that? It says guest and it gives a number and mine says. Yes, 99. I, I see 99%. Yes. Okay. So I think we're both probably good. If that's hit hits a hundred, um, Oh, here he is. He's calling me. Hey, hey sir. sir. I hear you guys totally fine. You just cannot hear me for some reason. We can't hear you. Okay. Well, we finished the show up. If you just want to do that, that's fine. And do just what? package it, package it, just package it as that half hour or so with your aunt rather than you and I going back on. If I can't hear you. Yeah, I don't know. That's so weird. We we all were able to hear each other well enough for uh, before the recording started. So, so he was know. able to hear us, Sue, but he wasn't able. We weren't able to hear him, so he was hearing us. He just couldn't talk. <laughs> Which is what a lot of people. A lot of people wish that happened to me. <laughs> don't, don't let all those nice things I said go to his head. <laughs> yeah, don't let all those nice things your aunt said go to your head. <laughs> I, I've already started making um, uh, cutting that out to to make my ringtone. Yep, yep, that sounds, that sounds good. good. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And Sue, thank, thank you so much. <laughs> hey, Tristan, that was wonderful. Yeah, I'm glad you got to enjoy a fun time with my Aunt Sue. Right. <laughs> I am Somehow sorry you, your mic dropped out. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I've been using this pair of headphones now for a couple years, and we don't do Riverside much. And, you know, it was just one of those things that uh, inevitably – we're good at talking and bad at the tech side of this. So right. that just periodically pops out. Well, we think we're good at talking. So, that's for others to <laughs> for others to decide. <laughs> well, we're good at not having silences. How about that? that? We can go. continue a conversation, but be she, it entertaining or, you know, or good or not. She was very yeah. interesting, and I, I didn't get a chance to tell her, but, you know, we're right next to a Burger King here at uh, Galaxy, and, and I brought Impossible Meat one time here, oh, a couple of times, but the first time our friend, Mr. Yeager was here, who actually runs our kitchen and does know food very, very well, but he's a crusty old SOB curmudgeon, a true curmudgeon. And I didn't say anything. And I just brought it in and I said, I got a swampers. Son of a buck ate all of it. 
And then after, when I said, by the way, that was impossible. Oh, I knew. I didn't want to say. You're full of shit. You didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, really good. Like, Andrew was like, man, this thing is great. Now, I will say we got them with cheese, which I think helped a little bit because it – you're used to the cheeseburger taste, but really good. Uh, good enough that I've gotten them three and four times since. Well, and I will say, if given the, the opportunity to get a regular Whopper or the Impossible version of it, I like the Impossible version because the thing with the actual Whopper patty, it's not the best quality hamburger meat you're ever going to get. And you'll occasionally get a gristly bite or it's, you know, not as textured. But the thing with the Impossible meat, it's always pretty darn good. So right. I'm actually a pretty big fan of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely, am too. If it I really go to Burger good. King, that's what I get. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I, I sure no, do. Yeah. But uh, no, man, that was it was cool to, to hear the interview and probably more entertaining having you do it because uh, I'm not, you know, you're not her nephew and it was all information to you. And I've probably covered some of that with her over our time together. So it, it, I thought you did a great job. I just enjoy chatting with her. So on that aspect i wish i could have had a, a few more minutes to, to chat with with Sue. oh i know that but she, she was yeah. a wealth of information and obviously knows of, of where she speaks and uh you know i I've, I've lost the audio now i hope i hope this or i'm sorry the video but i hope this works for troy uh, we're Drizzen and i are uh, trying to piece this together but um uh, hopefully this all works Drizzen. but i just thought um you know what the you can pick up on the passion she brings to it. And I don't think pe- people think of the damage to the environment, but how about you personally? You think you could go on a meatless diet? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I've cut down That's on cool. meat over the years. Yeah. I think that it's the thing. If you're in a marriage with somebody, you've got to be in that together. I think it's probably hard to go vegan as a wife and then a husband that is carnivorous or vice versa. I think it's the household probably has to be into it. And I think, uh, you know, because most of the time you're kind of figuring out something to eat together and you've kind of kind of got to be in, in sync on that. But I think, you know, if I was a single guy or if my wife was like, we really got to do this, I think I would be all in. I don't know about veganism, but certainly vegetarianism I could do. When And that and that means what you can eat. The difference being vegan is completely meatless, so you don't even eat eggs because it comes from a chicken. But but vegetarian, maybe you can work eggs in, fish in, something like that. Well, vegetarian, you're, you've got milk, you've got cheese, dairy products. I'm a dairy product guy. So, uh, yeah, as a vegetarian, you've got access to some of the stuff more made with you know, from animals, but not so much of animals. If that See, I could sense. do, are, so, I think I could do that too pretty easily. Are you a fish eater? Yeah, I like fish. Yes, I think those are what, pescatarians maybe, where you basically are eating vegetables yeah. and fish and maybe dairy. And so you eliminate red meat, you eliminate chicken, you eliminate pork. I, I could do that. And honestly, of yeah. the three, uh, Tristan, the toughest for me would be chicken. I eat a lot of chicken. Same. I'm probably exactly the same. I would say what we eat the most is, is chicken. But she is right about those factory farms of chickens because my sister will talk endlessly about it. You know, the right wing sister. So there you go. Her, uh, uh, I'm assuming your aunt's politics probably lean somewhat left and my sister certainly lean heavily right. But they would absolutely agree on factory farming. Absolutely. She makes it. My, my sister makes an issue out of that often. Well, and I think one of the questions I was actually asking is my mic was no longer working, but it's such a fascinating, stupid thing that politics has come into trying to do the right thing with the planet, right? Like, it just feels like 
that's something everybody that should be non-partisan with. If we can do something to extend the planet for our grandkids and great grandkids and make things better, why not? Right. And we all know yes. pollution is bad. You know, if we're killing the environment, it's not a good thing. So it's silly to me that that has even become partisan. Uh, and it has, I mean, and it has in, in very, um, Oh, finger pointing ways, you know, the, 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 the lefties that eat their, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's, it's not even about that. It's like, A, it's a healthier way to live. B, you're doing a, a great service to the planet by attempting to live that way. Yeah. Well, it's become this point of pride. Like you go do what you want. I'm going to eat my meat. And you know, it just becomes this, yes. like, it's almost like I'll I'll cut off my nose to spite my face. Well, I'll kill the planet and myself, but you libs aren't going to tell me what to do. Exactly. You know, I'm going to right, which is just the saddest thing in the world because if I can do something good for the world, but also the party that I don't vote like uh, likes it, fine. You know, even better, right? Like, do the right thing, no matter who's telling you not to. But to her good to her credit, Sue, she said, "Look, uh, it's not." an inexpensive way to eat. It is a, her, her, my word's not hers, but it's a <laughs> hell of a lot easier to drive through freaking Little Caesars and bring a $6 pizza home for your kids or a, 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 a sack of White Castle, um, where there's also Impossible Burgers, but a sack of White Castle than it is to go to Whole Foods and, uh, and, and make the meal. And it's a lot of work. It's hard to eat, or, well, it's hard and expensive to eat healthy. It just is. It is. Yeah. Even if, uh, you know, even if you're, you're taking veganism out of it, I mean, even if you're a meat eater and you're trying to do, you know, have a decent meal, always easier to, to your point, to get a bucket of fried chicken, than to go home and bake chicken and have some nice vegetables that are fresh. And yeah, it's, it, it is more work. Unfortunately, there's no, easy, there's no shortcuts to doing the right thing. Yeah. So thank you to Sue. It was a great interview. Hopefully Troy will be able to piece this together. You got anything else? I know uh, Trump was on CNN last night, which was interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that was pretty fascinating. You know, everybody was given the, the lady that did the interview a hard time. Like she just Caitlin was Collins. awful and Caitlin Collins. didn't do a job, but, but I sort of felt like watching that, that she, she stood up for herself and uh, you know, was kind of pointing out very consistently the things that he was saying that were proven lies you know, I agree. She's she's, she's kind of a serious kid. I've been watching her for a while. She's a White House correspondent <laughs> for CNN. Uh, you know, attractive young lady, but she does have that sort of sour look about her, and she doesn't seem to smile very easily. And God bless Trump. He's a Gatling gun with his freaking mouth. Doesn't always make sense, but he just keeps going. And it's, sometimes it's hard to get a word in edgewise. And I thought he did kind of dominate the first half. But, you know, the second half, Trisden, when it went to abortion in Ukraine, it's a real struggle for conservatives. The abortion issue is still a nightmare. There's no continuity. And she pressed him on that. And it's just a it's just a bad issue for Republicans. It's a it's a terrible issue. And Democrats will rightly stick them with that time and time again. And the Ukraine issue. Come on, Mr. President. You can't say Vladimir Putin is a war criminal and you want to see Ukraine be the victor in that fight. I mean, you've got to say that. I thought that was a terrible moment for Trump too and i think that's the oddest thing about sort of the maga group and i don't even i guess maybe far right but i know plenty of far right people that have no interest in russia gaining additional power and you know knocking off a, a, an ally of, of america so i mean yeah that's a that's a weird hill to die on this you know this uh, pro russia 
kind of element in the Republican Party. That's yeah, the Tucker Carlson wing. And and what is the message you're sending to Putin? It's kind of a wink and a nod. Hang in there. And if by chance I get back in in a year and a half, you're going to we're going to treat you fine. His I'll solve it in 24 hours. Now, she should have pressed him more on that, which, of course, is nonsense. But how exactly are you going to solve it, Mr. President? Are you just going to tell Zelensky, give up that land, let Vlad have it? Is that your solution? Because that ain't going to work with the with the Ukrainian people. I mean, I'll solve it in, a, in an hour. I mean, yeah. think about how, and, and really, Tristan, and, <laughs> and I know we beat Trump up. I, I will go on record as saying, as you often say, many Republican friends, a lot of my values are conservative. I have no use for Donald Trump. I'm, I, I don't. I didn't when he came down the escalator. And now with September, uh, January uh, 6th, it's just, you know, just no use for the guy. But um if you can solve it in an in a in a day, twenty four hours, why don't you do that now? Yeah, oh. but it's not about the good of the country for Donald Trump. It's always about Donald Trump, right? Right, right. Yeah, always, always, it always is. So, uh, and I guess in honor of uh, of my aunt, we'll we'll not do comedy today, so we will not. Um, Pull out any jokes or or bits. We'll just do it. Yeah, nice, no, that's fine. I know you. I know you. Comedy. I know you've got a place to go, and um, I as well. So yeah, we can wrap it up. That was a great interview. Uh, so now you got a family member. I will reach out to my nephew, who is the attorney, the personal injury attorney, ambulance chaser oh, very nice. in DC, like and see if we can get Scott on to tell us what we don't know about personal injury suits. Man, my neck hurts just thinking about him coming on. I hope he can help me find somebody to, to make some money on. <laughs> oh, he can. <laughs> but yes, no, I, I will just say it. And I did, uh, you know, I could hear my aunt fine uh, during the interview. And she said some incredibly nice things about me. But what I could say on top of that is, <laughs> so that's not, not that good of a human. But if you actually lined up all the human beings on earth, like, she could be number one. Like she is just the oh, most wow. generous, friendly, like, you know, one of the best humans I've ever met. One of the nicest people and, uh, you know, is, is literally a treasure in our family. And in a lot of ways, kind of the glue that keeps a lot of the loose cannons in our family remotely saying like she, she's the best. That's a, that's a great tribute. That's very cool. And uh, yeah, seen that. It definitely seemed that in the interview. And and obviously she has a, a life work. She has a mission. Yeah. And then has been a role model of mine uh, for most of my entire life. Like she's always, you know, there's nothing to like about somebody to dislike about somebody that's literally dedicating their life to making the world a better place. And that is just, you know, what's better than that? I mean, literally. Who, who yeah. works on making the earth sustainable? Love it. God knows there has to be somebody to do it because we don't. Well, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, we just, you know, <laughs> eat donuts and, you know, yeah. talk for a living. So uh, we're not the best people. But, but no, it's, it's nice to know there's humans like that in this world and that, you know, I have some of that blood coursing through me. It uh, helps right. me sleep at night. No, that's, 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 that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. That's that's definitely true. All right, brother. Yeah, well, listen, so. enjoy uh, the rest of the day, and hopefully Troy can make something out of this mishmash, and and we'll uh, it should air tomorrow, right? Being being Friday, yeah, yeah, it should. That's it. it. Should come right out. So yes, Troy, thank you so much. Front yeah. porch studios.
this sounds like anything that's quality, it's because of Troy. Give him all the credit and us all the blame because uh, yes. we're we're best tech guys. Uh, thanks, uh, as I said, to Front Porch Studios, Dad's Flooring, uh, my buddy at Berea Pond, Rational Boomer Podcast, and to my aunt Sue, who is the best. And Ray, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Tris. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. How about now? Can you just magically hear me now? Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum.